0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Now is the time to stir your hearts up by way of remembrance. Now is the time to go back to favorite scriptures now is the time to wrap yourself in the goodness of God. Of all times it's now, of all the stuff. It's just hard to escape it. There it's like anxiety is tangible in the air. You can smell it when you go to Sam's Club and you can feel it when you walk into Price Chopper. Not Aldi's. Aldi's is blessed and <laughs> it's just totally good. So the people at Aldi used to call Brenda the mayor of Belton, so. Well, sometimes we use humor in difficult times, don't we? I've been trying to, to make my heart, uh, you know, jolly and not somber. It's hard not to be somber right now. Everything in you just want, wants to go, oh, oh, oh. And crunch, and there's stuff that we can do, and we've looked at our studies in First John last week. We, we looked at the proximity of being close to Jesus in the midst of a, of a storm on the sea, and how to use scriptures as life vests to wrap wrap scriptures around your your hearts, and uh, you know the the fear and anxiety and the bewilderment and the questions. And the conversations and my looking at the news, now you're going to get some of my overflow, looking at the news apps and reading it and then have Brenda look at it separately and then tell me again what the news apps say so I'm getting double doses of the news that I don't want to hear. And then both of us try and steer it back to Jesus and encourage our hearts and then it goes back to, but that idiot, you know, and you just go. Ugh. And it just like, it's a, I feel like I'm caught in a sound loop. And uh, and then I had my grandkids with me last night, and you just go, "Oh God, protect my babies," you know. And I know that many of you that are of that age feel that way and have children, and those that don't feel that way. There's so much stuff going on around us right now, and there's uh, you just get caught in questions. And in, in the sound bites and in the sound loops, and I want you to know this morning that that's been known and been going on for a long time. It didn't just happen with the internet. We find out sooner now. Uh, I've been looking a lot because of the dream. One of the dreams I have, I've been looking a lot of, again at the life of Paul and what he went through. and and our backwards look, which is so strange because we have the New Testament printed in front of us and carry it around. Can you imagine getting the revelation of the gospel of grace and there's no New Testament, there's just what God has shown you on the backside of a desert and then says, go and tell them, go tell everybody. And he has to communicate it in such a way and so it's an offense both to his Jewish background because he's broken away from what they believe. And it's an offense to the Greek world where he was trained and educated because they can't fathom anything that he's saying at all. And he has to have the burden. Of, and Jesus said, preach that. And there was trouble. <laughs> um Look at this scripture so that you know our troubles today aren't a lot different. Listen, so his second letter to Corinthians in chapter 7, he says, he's talking about what he's been going through and the difficulty. He says, for indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. We think that Paul was fearless, and he's going, oh, no, 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 no. Outside there was war, and inside we were scared. Nevertheless, so this is one of those again, but God, and but now, scriptures, scriptures. Nevertheless, God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. He sent another person to him who was in the Holy Spirit and it comforted his heart. And not only by his coming, but also by the consolation with which he was comforted in you. So he's saying, hey, one comfort leads to another comfort. That's why I wanted us to pray this morning for Ukraine. And when he told us, if your earnest desire your mourning and your zeal for me so that I rejoiced even more. So most of Paul's life was a one huge rejection, and his life work was to, to keep saying it even if there was violence done towards him. He didn't know which time was going to take. Uh, that's where we get the scripture, I die daily. When he says he died daily, no, he faced death every day. He died daily. He talked about it. There were stonings. There were whippings. You know, they didn't stone you like to hurt you. You know, we think of, yeah, they picked up a baseball-sized stone and beamed him on the head. No, they picked up huge rocks and buried them under it. And can you imagine God going, buddy, not yet, and him pushing the rocks off and getting back up. And going, oh, and the pain that went with that, but it wasn't time. And so he and he did that. He had whippings. It's just unbelievable when you think of what this man went through for your sake and my sake. So that we could actually read what this scripture says, that he's acquainted with everything that we go through, just like Jesus was, just like it was prophesied about him in Isaiah. And you look at you, you go back in, the, in this letter to the beginning. He says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That's a lot of comfort. You could sell that today, you know, instead of my pillow, you can get my comfort, you know, it's, put the little code in. The word comfort here is really interesting, um, and you'll, you'll recognize in the Greek it's uh, parakleo, and um, it's one of the names of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. So the words related to each other, it means to call near, to invite, invoke, to bring comfort, to call for, to exhort, to entreat, to pray. That's how we're comforted. It's, it's, it really is like a big comforter. And with the with that and looking at it, that's what the, how the Holy Spirit actually identified. It's why we know today, if we've been in church for any length, that the Holy Spirit's called the comforter it's cuz he brings this kind of comfort that that Paul was writing about and telling us about what was the comfort what did he have to say what could he possibly bring what did Paul value This is the question I asked myself, and even as I was praying for Ukraine this week, what did Paul value the most and depend upon during his times of trouble? Last week we looked at this, and the scriptures that he wrapped himself in. How did he do it? Um, What did he emphasize? Can you imagine? Wouldn't you like to see him? I mean, come on, he's got to be on your top ten when you get to heaven of people you want to sit down with we followed his gospel. He said any other gospel you follow should be cursed. So he gave us a pair. I want to like talk, Adam Adam and Jesus first, of course. Have you ever done your top 10 list? Do you want to see, you know, Jesus? And then I got to see Adam. I'm going to ask him to lift his robe. I want to know if he's got a belly button. come on think with me he you know but the other thing is Jesus is the first and last but Adam was the first Adam I want to talk to that guy I want to hear what he had to say I want to know what did you go through and then there's other ones but Paul's like number three or four and then Brenda will be five but I already know her so she's not too far down the list That's funny. The Lord told me. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Who's on first? What's on second? What, do, what should, how do we emphasize the problems that we're in? The turmoil and the fear. And this is the thing I found as I searched for it. the thing that God gave him that he didn't have prior to his conversion so was Paul always Paul no before he was Saul what did he have after his conversion two things the gospel and the seal of the gospel the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life stunning and the Holy Spirit's the seal, the one that it's like, this is a promise fulfilled because he's in you now. You have the comforter with you. So in all those things, you know, uh, look at what this, what this says in Acts. This is really stunning. This is Paul. I did not account my life of any value. Nor is precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to what? The gospel of what? The grace of God. Lord, you're going to preach about grace again. What else do you become comforted with? There is no other gospel. Every other gospel is False. Every every one of them. So you have to go back. If that's what Paul comforted himself with, what do I do with all this turmoil going around me? Oh, get back into the gospel. Surround yourself with the gospel of grace. Understand it. Wrap yourself in it. Put it over your heart. Write it on your mirror. Say it to yourself in the morning. We'll look at it in detail. Uh, but... Uh, you know, Paul dedicated his life here—the life that was dying daily, the life that had all that stuff going on. Isn't that amazing! He dedicated his life to the gospel of grace. He didn't even say, "I think we would change it today." We say, "I dedicate." You know, some of you didn't go into vocational ministry, and I dedicated very fearfully my life to the Lord. Actually, what I said was, I don't like people very well, God. And I don't know, if you're calling me into this, I'm like, I'm afraid I'm really going to butcher this. And I'm not a, I don't care for them. I'm a shepherd. And they're going to call me a shepherd. And I don't like, (laughs) I don't feel that way. I was so, you know, you probably had all your jacked up stuff that you brought forward into life. Well, those elders laid hands on me in my church. And I turned around, and my heart broke, and I fell in love with people in a moment of time. And I thought that's what happened to Paul, and the gospel, and the gospel entered into me. You now I still struggle, like some of them, some of the time, <laughs> and half of you the other time. <laughs> said Bilbo. Paul was very jealous over it. This is where he wrote in, in Galatians because he knew this, this that was given to him, this is the thing that could see him through everything. This, this gospel of grace. And he says, anyone in, in Galatians 1.9, he says, anyone, no matter who they are, that brings you a different gospel than the grace gospel... Let him be condemned and cursed. Ouch. Ouch. That meant this is really important. He never wavered from it. He said, no, if if it's not this gospel, it's not the gospel that was shown to me. Well, what what is that? That's the thing that we've been given here to find out. That's the thing that you can wrap yourself in comfort with. He valued it highly, he gave his whole life for it. Matter of fact, he counted his life as nothing, here it says. How do we recognize it today? Would you know if someone was preaching a different gospel to you? Some of you are nodding your head, yeah, some of you got that like yoga circle thing going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe. If I ask you to tell me what the gospel of grace is, you don't have to right now, this is rhetorical, what would you say? How would you respond? Do you know what that covenant is that Paul embraced? Because it is by that and through that that you will be comforted, comforted in every situation. It's a sustaining power of God. Let's see what what is the gospel of grace? God's grace is greater than we can fathom. We'll spend the rest of eternity exploring the limitless reaches of his grace to us, which means when I'm troubled here, I have the authority to recount them to myself. That's why it's so important. Paul understood that. When he said, I present the gospel to you, and it's a very simple message. We're going to get to it. When I present the gospel to you, that is the thing that will get you through and allow you to have authority because that's what we're all looking for. Fear? There's, fear is overcome with authority. We'll, we'll look at it in detail. Our lives, if you will, through this, through the gospel, are no longer to be lived in the what-ifs. That's how you can distinguish between Paul's gospel and other gospels. Paul never set up a, if you do this, then this will occur. He never did that. He talked about what Jesus did over and over and over again. So if you think through this with fear, anxiety, what we're going through a lot today, I think, is what ifs put their authority in fear. Think about your self-talk. You know, they used to think when I was younger that people were crazy if they talked to themselves. What they really forgot is it's very normal. Normal. And uh, everybody talk. Everybody has self-talk. Everybody has that little dialogue going on within them. Those who have the Holy Spirit, He gets to include Himself in that. And boy, He will, He will change your self-talk in a flat minute, including Lloyd. Don't do that. Wrong. Eee. I get the big buzzer from heaven. Don't do that. Come on, that's not who you are, buddy. Never condemning. Always steering. Always loving always caring. Here's the glorious thing about a gospel. Our lives don't have to be lived in what ifs. They are lived in the but now that's found in Romans 3. This is the earnestness of, of Paul's gospel because Paul gives you pre gospel in chapters 1 and 2 of Romans. It's what mankind did with sin and how they fell, how horrendous it all was, and what God's justice demanded. And then it turns. Uh, it just slowly, slowly turns into this, into a covenant that God made within himself that's literally the gospel. It hinges, uh, had somebody not too long ago ask me, what's your favorite message that you ever gave? And I was like, do you have a favorite? And I went, mm, no, I like them all. No, you know, there's some, I went, oh, God. I really bumbled through that. But it's literally, it's the but now from Romans. Because this one verse, I thought I had it up there. Listen to this again. Maybe you just need to listen to this with your heart. Matter of fact, for my sake and for your heart's sake, shut your eyes as I read this to you. This is Romans 3.21. So he's explained the horrendousness and what it cost Jesus in going to the cross and what he did. The penalty that he paid. And then he says this in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe do you believe? do you believe? remember that old movie Hook? a very profound movie. I've used it a lot. Matter of fact, I've gone back and watched it numerous times and I don't know how that works. You know, I don't want to say it was prophetic because that's, that's just putting more emphasis on it through words that I don't want to, but it was a movie that showed me so many things. And then you have, and I, I'm not particularly fond of her as an actress, but what's her name? Uh, Ju- that was Tinkerbell. Julia Roberts is Tinkerbell. And she's she's a gnat, right? She's this little fairy, and everything. But she wants to be big because she loves Peter. How does she get big? She believes. She believes. Boom! And she's big. It's that moment of time of believing. This is, a, this is our moment that we receive something that goes beyond what the other covenants were. But now is our doorway into being big. To being big in our hearts and being able to sustain us through every situation in life and they can be horrendous. Some of you have gone through, through horrendous things. I acknowledge you this morning and, and it's such a blessing to have you sitting here. And what you've had to endure and bear. And I know this, but now the righteousness of God has appeared to you. And when it appeared, it made you righteous. What is, what is grace? It's a person who sits on a throne that wants to share his life with you. Do you believe? Oh, man, I believe. Grace looks exactly like Jesus. Living his life through you, as you, for you, in you, around you, about you. So how do I ensure that? You know, where's the comfort in that? Oh man, there's such a reality that begins to happen in the heart. Especially when you account it one to another. Remember what Paul said. Oh, he sent (laughs) Titus to me. And And then we started comforting each other with what we were comforted with. How do we comfort children? God's been with me my whole life, son. He'll take care of you. He's never let me down. He's never forsaken me. He's been with me all my days. He'll be with you. He will be with you. How can you say those things? Well, you have to know them. And when you don't know them, when there's trouble and there's fears and there's turmoils around you and fears within, you have to go back and retell them to yourself and recount them. Think about the Psalms and how they're written. Now, a third of them are written in what's called a complaint. Okay, do you know what a complaint is? Why? That's a complaint. So a third of the Psalms are written that way. But the other two-thirds of the Psalms are actually a testimonial of who God is and what he's done for his people. It's stunning what he says through there and, and the humanness that is there, There, the scary stuff that David went through and then writes audacious things like, though there were many fears, God delivered me out of all of them. The hand of the king was after me, but you brought me through it, God. Those are the things that we start doing with our own lives again. He wants to live his life. Grace is a covenant which is a promise, it's an agreement, it's a contract that God made when we talk about the new covenant and the gospel of grace, that is a covenant that God made with himself and gave it to us as a gift. Jesus called it the covenant in his blood. The three-point message of the, of the gospel is this, Jesus came in the flesh Jesus lived perfectly. Jesus took all sin, your sin, my sin, personal sin, but all sin, into his body, died on a tree, buried, and resurrected so that we could have the gospel of grace. So that I could be like him. So we can sing that song that you you see, Father, you see your son when you see me. I am accepted in the beloved. And it's a better covenant because it wasn't between you and I. You ever broken a promise? Anybody who hasn't broken a promise? I'm waiting, raise your hand. If there's anybody that hasn't, you will Why? Because humans are broken and we need a Savior. He never broke a promise. He's kept it. He kept it for all eternity for you and I. And He took my broken promises to a cross and He became my broken promise that I could receive His promise to God the Father. I will bring them home. I will bring them through this. It's what every Ukrainian needs to hear today. I may not be able to stop the bombs, but I can tell you this. God will bring you home. Trust him. Call out to him for everybody who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. In Hebrews 7, it says this, For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning the priesthood. And yet it is far more evident if, in the likeness of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who has come, not according to the law of fleshly commandment, but according to the power of endless life. He didn't come by any edict of a previous promise. He didn't promise, even though He was promised, we saw it through the law and the prophets. The law said one was coming and the prophets said one was coming. But that isn't why He came. He didn't come because He was prophesied. He came. (laughs) That's just amazing. He came in the power of endless life. Do you have any power on this earth? If you're a believer in Jesus, yeah. Yeah. You do. Not the strongest or the weakest. We all do. Endless life. I have the gift of endless life. I really am going to get to see Adam one day. And I really will see you again. Thought you could get rid of me, but you can't. (laughs) Trust me, you'll enjoy me way more in heaven because I won't have my stupid humor. And I won't won't say ridiculous things. And I'll always smile at the right time. And Hebrews says of this of me. And it says it of you. I will be a just man made perfect. But see, that's already there. I don't have to have something magical happen when I enter into heaven. I am there now. That's how God sees me now. I am a just man made perfect. And we would say with Paul, they can rain bombs down on me, but they can't take that away. Nobody can steal that from you. Nobody can, the only person that can actually hinder it is you. So don't receive another gospel that tells you that if you don't do something right, it's going to hinder it. I believe Tinkerbell, big, isn't it big? so large. Come back with me to Hebrews 7. Uh, This is going to be like a multi-part lesson, so we're going to spend some time with this because it's really important. Finish this in Hebrews. So, but according to the power of endless life, verse seventeen, for he testifies that you—he's speaking of Jesus—are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, and that means it wasn't man ordained. Melchizedek was somebody that nobody laid hands on. They don't know what tribe he was from. He just rose up, and he was a priest of a different order that uh, is a type and shadow of who Jesus is. For on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. He's talking about the other covenants. For the law made nothing perfect. The law cannot make you perfect. The law made nothing perfect. Remember the just man made perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. When everything's going wreck around me, What's my? what do I get to do? Draw near to God, because he already is there. It's not like I have to... Let's see, uh, I need to sing these seven spontaneous worship songs that I've heard 300 times. Um, I have to say it this way, or it doesn't count. Just think, that's, that's not the gospel that Paul preached. Paul preached a very simple gospel. Jesus did this for you, and if you believe it and receive it, it is. He lived in the is. He lived right now. Uh, later in the next chapter of Hebrews, I just want to get to these two scriptures. Why it's so good to hang on to this says this, he has now obtained a more excellent ministry, still speaking of Jesus, inasmuch as he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Now hang on to that. So he says later down in verse 13, he says that a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is already vanish away. It's been gone 2,000 years now. But gone. It's vanished. It's really not there. It's impossible for it to be there because that temple doesn't exist anymore. Because Jesus became that one sacrifice for sin for all. There can't be another sacrifice. So what is the better promise? I will never leave you nor forsake you. What? No matter what happens on the earth, I'll stick with you right through it. No matter what difficult time you're facing, whether it's personal, national, disappointment, discouragement, fear, whatever it is, the better covenant says this, I'm with you, says your God. His promise just before He he ascends when he gives the charge to preach this gospel. He says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Even when we feel most alone, he is most with us. Because he's the comforter. When I feel like nobody's there, he's there. When I go, God, where are you? He's going, right here. Right here. And so what, well then how do I draw, why does it tell me to draw near then? Start using the scriptures from the gospel of grace to wrap and cloak your flesh in it. The stuff, the the words that he said, my words are spirit and life. Wrap yourself in life. Wrap yourself. When it doesn't feel like you can do it, wrap yourself up. Those scriptures will be that life vest, that very promise of God. And uh, no matter what we depend on here, this is why I love this passage in, in Hebrews. I've so fallen in love with Hebrews, is that there are better promises there's more. When I call on the ones I know, guess what? There's ones that are better. And when I call on the better ones, guess what? Remember the enduring life promise? There's another better promise. When my friend, and this is where it really gets tricky, is really going through a scary time, what do I do? Tell them about the better promises. And the one who will be with them won't abandon them, won't forsake them, won't leave them alone and get them through every situation in life. I wish I could stand here and, and close this and promise you that we'll never have bombs fall on us. I can't do that promise. But the better covenant tells me I can promise you something else. Even if bombs fall on me, even if bombs fall on you, you're written into eternity. That song we sang. My name's, you know, it's so symbolic. My name is carved into his hand with, in his blood. Won't leave you alone. He won't, he won't, he won't, he won't. Like Tinkerbell, I just go, I believe. I believe this is true. I believe everything that Paul said about you, Jesus, is true. Jesus, I believe everything you say is true. I believe everything that you have to say about me is right and good and based on what you did. Jesus, you are my God. Jesus, I have no other. You're the one. Jesus, I belong to you. I wrap myself in the gospel. I'm accepted in you today. This is stunning. This is the heart made perfect in an imperfect world. Are we just strangers whistling past the graveyard? Scared and another hundred steps and I'll get beyond this? No. Here's the real promise. You and I both have one step and one foot in eternity right now. The minute we receive Jesus, I'm there here. I'm there here. I'm not trying to drum something up to make somebody feel better. This is the reality of the new covenant. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm scared. You're okay. You're going to be okay. God's with you. You're going to be okay. You're an eternal being right now. Something doesn't happen, have to happen again to get that to occur. You can face everything that's coming towards you. Not with your jaw stuck out in defiance, but in humility, bowing before the one who gave his life for us. Can I pray for us? There's there's so much more to this. Um, there's so many scriptures to wrap our around ourselves with this, and we'll explore them over the coming weeks. Find them this week. Take a couple of these and just wrap your wrap your thoughts in wrap it around them so that it comforts you. Jesus, I pray for each of us as the world's turmoil and the newscasts and everything just keeps banging against us when I see my money not go as far as it did when it doesn't look like I'm going to have a job when it doesn't look like this is going right when the medical opinion comes in when it says I'm this you say no that's my beloved you have an answer to every fear every what if that's in our hearts you have an answer and you scream inside of us through the Holy Spirit, but now God has made me righteous. Now God has made me an eternal being. I'm my beloved's and he is mine. My name is written on his hand. He won't ever leave me. No, not ever. I receive that. We receive that into our hearts again this morning. Would you stand with me